We are on. Hello, out there, all of you wonderful listeners. Man, I'm actually excited to record today. I think compared to <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Got my cup of coffee. One of us, both of us, had uh, a bit of a meltdown last night and wasn't fit to record a podcast. We're not in podcasting condition. It happens, people. It happens. It happens to the best of us. But it's good to be here. Um, pardon us, your ultimate podcast host and oh, possibly nice one. special guest. Well, yeah, why might... don't you wait one second and then you can use the nice one too. Why would you use that cutter on that? That does not make any sense. No. To me. But to, to you, you, it does. Yep. We're different. And it's okay. Okay, we got some. We got a jam-packed episode. I am excited about this episode. First of all, this cup of coffee is good. Mm. It is good. I roasted it today. Man, those beans! What is going on? Those are delicious. Um, hang on, I need to light the cigar. You guys don't mind, do you? Hang tight. I think there's a button on their podcast app where they can fast forward 15 seconds. Yeah, this is where they fast forward. Unless they like cigars and this is their <laughs> favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we have some stuff for you guys. I'm just going to jump right into this because what I need to say is this topic more than any other topic for me holds the key of what makes fight for together fight for together dang can i say that i don't want to oversell it this though what we're going to talk about today is the reason why when people ask for parenting advice I can never give parenting advice because I think the base, the most basic and important thing with kids has to do with how you see them, not in what you do. And today, we're going to be talking about that. Yeah. It it almost feels like we're taking all our clothes off. we've done before <laughs> we've even podcasted well i know Oliver. that's what i'm saying oh, okay. our first three or four episodes i think we're filmed naked but but it's like this is the best stuff we got today i don't think it, it gets any better than this yeah because not only does this affect <clears throat> our viewpoint of how we see our children but i think it really actually affects our viewpoint on how we just see people which our children are people. But before that, we have some comments from previous stuff to Ooh. get to. Um, I can read this one. All right. This is a longer comment. I don't know if you need to read the whole thing. Okay. But Just cut me off when you need to. 
Um, this is from T U Jam. This was from a comment. I think that's Toe Jam, but it's spelled differently. Toe Jam. That's gross. Toe Jam says, This group mentality thing has always been a mystery to me. I've always seen different groups I've belonged to as a part of my life journey and not as a terminus in themselves. They have all been part of my identity, but only for a limited time. Eventually, I've always found myself thinking that this just can't be everything there is. So, for example, in my sexual history, let's say in the span of 20 years, I'm now 36, I've been a part of groups who identify themselves as lesbians, bisexuals, BDSMers, and or polyamorous. I read tons of books about the subjects, made new friends in them, and practice what they stand for. Surprisingly, this all led me to currently being in a monogamous hetero relationship of 10 years with a decently vanilla sex life. We also got married last year, so pretty much an antithesis of every group I've ever been a part of. And I'm so delighted to say that I'm content and in love with everything about my life and sexually sexuality currently i didn't accept jesus in quotes although i do see him as a cool dude or became to see the end of my vile ways quotes or anything like that all i did was journey into myself to find something more and use groups as a tool to help me in that journey so i grew along the way also my preferences changed and there was room for that since my whole identity wasn't attached to a certain group. See, I, I love that line. Yeah. But keep on going. I don't hate these groups either or see any other group morally or whatever superior from one another. Whatever that group might be, religious, hobby, sexual, ethical, political, etc. Even though I've certainly felt that the same grace has not always been given to me by leaving them. I've learned there is nothing to hate. Um... They are just manifestos of the numerous ways how life can be experienced. That's all. Anyway, luckily, though, I've met other like-minded adventurers who've seen me for the journey I'm making and not for the groups I belong to. Wow, that last line, too, kind of hits hits home. That's really good. So, I love this comment. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of reasons... And I can relate to a lot of it, actually. Um, and I think, you know, the thing that stands out to me the most is where he says, I think it's a he, is it? I thought it was a she. Who knows? That's okay. You call I'm yourself sh- Toe Jam. You're going to sure. be either misunderstood or maybe at this point you don't care. Yeah. Um, but. This, this person. <laughs> um, this human. Um, I'm assuming it was a human. Uh, said that they've chosen a vanilla lifestyle now compared to the BDSM uh, poly stuff and says that in a way that's like the antithesis whereas like I can see why they're saying that I think they're kind of playing into the way other people see them but it's totally not the antithesis because you've gone through all these kind of like stages or experiences and it's led you to where you are at right now. And the thing that I found fascinating about group identity is that they kind of, it's either like either or. Like in our religious circles, you're either with us or you're against us. It had to be one or the other. Yeah. And that very belief is one of the biggest beliefs that I have a beef with. Not like Jesus. 
I agree he's a cool dude. Or even the Bible. It's more how the Bible is used. The Bible is used to determine are you inside or are you outside? Like from the very beginning. And right now I'm getting people asking us questions about vax. Um, like are you pro-vax or anti-vax? And it's like it's phrased like that. Are you pro or anti? And it's like you have to be one or the other. And the reason why I don't like answering some of these questions Although we're pretty like, like, I don't give a shit about our privacy for the most part. Um, like, we have more stuff online than really anyone I know in terms of, like, the depth. But the question is weaponized from the beginning because the reason why it's being asked is less about information and more about people wanting to know, can I put you in my group that I've created or not? And I, I just like or, how this comment. Or are you a safe person or not? Because things are so polarized, um, groups and people don't become safe places for people anymore to have differing views. Because they define safety as people that are living under the same belief system that they are. Yeah, but also they the groups attack each other too. Um, yeah. yeah. And you, you almost define yourself by who you're not in a certain way. So... Mm-hmm. You say, like, well, I'm vanilla because I'm not living a poly lifestyle right now. And it's like, well, just by the fact that you were open to it at one point in time and you're not against it now still makes you more You have these in ex- common with a lot of the poly people. Yeah, you have these experiences that, I guess, using that terminology, don't make you vanilla, which is cool thing i think okay next uh so that was about the last episode which was about the black sheep i believe and this one was about that same episode about Fortnite. Fortnite. okay i was so nervous so this is a different person correct yeah in fact this is jamie jamie the bisexual oh cool yeah okay we know her yes we know her gender gender identification not that it really matters a whole lot jamie okay I was so nervous before listening to this one. As a gamer and growing up with my brother, staying up all night and having bloodshot eyes and being part of that community, I know what it's like. I was so glad you let Seven work through it on his own. That last sentence was in all caps. Now I love... You gotta shout that part, though. Okay. Well, again. people's ears. I (laughs) was so glad you let Seven work through it on his own. Now I love video games because I love stories. Video games have taught me more about empathy, teamwork, love, war, difficult decision-making, and more in a way that other platforms just cannot achieve. There are also trashy games. I will admit that. All mediums have their trash. There are some amazing video games that I think all people should play, whether you like games or not. But the gaming community doesn't always have the best culture. Some parts of it are great and are the most inclusive communities I have had the privilege to be a part of. But generally, the culture isn't great. Okay. Um, she, she says more, but for the sake of time, I'm going to cut it off. Now, this is what's fascinating about this comment. <clears throat> I was actually... I, I'm really glad that Jamie left this comment because mm-hmm. I think she got me in a blind spot. I feel like I'm judgmental towards video game players. Yeah. Or video games as a whole. And yeah, although she wasn't same. calling us out for that purpose, I think she was actually doing the reverse. Well, she opened my eyes to what this line. Video games have taught me more about empathy, teamwork, love, war, difficult decision making. Yeah. I'm like, really? Because I, I feel I'm like, like Whoa, video games that's... fit in the waste of time category to me Yeah, as like a lesser art form. Yeah. And I feel like that's um, 
like total bullshit prejudice. Yeah, I realize I've really discounted them and not and not even allowing I didn't I just honestly I just felt so ignorant <laughs> about yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, that I believe her. Like why why wouldn't they? Like the only people but, that play video games are losers. Yeah. As adults. And I, I just think that's a that's no different from like hmm. racism or Yeah, you're any, some other like yeah prejudice right hmm. i mean i'm sure there's like a basis to it just like you could probably point to some racial thing and say there's a an unusually high percentage of black people in prison like i'm sure there's a stat like that and if you want to find are it stu- a lot of them are stuck up and i'm sure there's a stat where like since video games have come along something about brain cells or attention or you know physical health or something like you could probably find connections there yeah. but that doesn't mean that you know morally it's less than mm-hmm. or that i don't know I, well if you want to find something there's like a, some quotes like if you want to find something about some something you're gonna find it like so if you already have a prejudice against something or someone or a group or whatever it is then you're going to find things to back up your prejudices. So, so I was all set up to read this, mm-hmm. and then this happened. Look at this. Oh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can you even? Okay. Th- that number Jamie. is so high. Can you even? Uh, whoa. What does USD mean? That's it's United not... States dollars. Okay. So that is our money. <laughs> that is Jamie, our... <laughs> Jamie Lee, she sent us $50. And she says, for the podcast chairs, cue happy sound effects. Hang on. I need Let's to find get some em. sound effects here. Uh, <laughs> this part we Let's don't Let's find them. Do we have any? Ha- I feel like we only have clap- sad ones. There's clapping. We could do clapping. There's uh, this mm. one. No. <laughs> so maybe uh, clapping is going to be that? our. Oh, L. Yeah. That doesn't sound. It should be more, not... more happy, but we'll work yeah. on more happy. She says, may your butts be comfy and your thoughts flow. Jamie from Australia. Wow. Thank you so much, Jamie. That is amazing. So I'm going to put that $50 right now. And we just had someone donate $5. Yes. On our little like live stream thing, which I didn't even know. Towards our chairs. I didn't know that I had accidentally even enabled that. So money starts like showing up and someone said it was for the chairs. And actually it was $4.99. Yeah. But I'm just gonna round up. Yeah. To five. Yep. I feel like I'll spot that penny. Yeah. All right. It goes in the jar. Man. Here, so I want to sl- jars... slide it in the jar again so they hear the sound effect. Okay. Some people are listening. Listen to this. It's filling up slowly but surely. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you, Jamie. And I was gonna, like I said, I was I was gonna read that anyways. Yeah. And then that came up, and I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think we're ready to get into our topic for the day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the um, premise. How you see kids will have everything to do with how you treat kids. Hmm. And what if... We're seeing kids 
the wrong way. And I don't like to even say the word wrong much anymore. Or maybe, yeah. I, I would agree with that, but I don't like polarities. So what if we're not seeing the full picture when it comes to how we view our kids? Well, duh, that. But <laughs> I would, I want it to be more. Intense, like a really, really. What if the way we see our kids is really unhelpful, both to them, to us, and to the relationship? Mm -hmm. And what if it's possible to change that? What if it's very simple and very easy to change that? I think it's simple. I don't think it's easy. I mean, well, it's not going to be easy if we're not even trying. I mean, it's, it's impossible if we don't even if we're not even aware. But my point is, none of parenting is easy, right? I mean, people are. You know, that's the reason why people don't want to have kids is where we know kids are a pain in the ass. And like, you know, the there's all these like they bring out vlog or not these vlogs, but these Instagram mm-hmm. pages dedicated to the ridiculousness of of parenting, you know, and all these mm-hmm. memes about putting the kids to bed so you can medicate yourself with wine and Netflix. They bring out, I want to say the worst in you sometimes, but they just bring out stuff in you that you're to have no idea was there. <laughs> so this is, um, and we've alluded to this on this podcast before, but we're going to dedicate the entire episode to this idea. What if kids are a gift instead of a project? What would change if we viewed them as a gift to us, a, a, a gift that we're to receive instead of a project that we're responsible to work on? That's the question for today. Hmm. And, oh, I can't wait to get into this because this idea has been so life-changing to us. I, I can't emphasize enough how much just this simple idea has really transformed our entire parenting strategy and lifestyle and the questions we ask and the way we approach things, the way we see our kids and ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um. And every parenting book out there on the live stream tonight, someone asked the question, do you recommend any parenting books? And I just said no, because while there's a lot of truths in a lot of them, and I don't want to make it sound like we have the corner market on the truth, most all of them that I know of approach the topic as if the kids are a project. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe another way to put that, too, is there a problem to be solved instead of, well, something else that we'll get into. Yeah, I don't think most people would be that blatant about the entirety of childhood. I think they would say that there's problems. There's certain problem moments, of course, and then there's problem stages. Maybe they'd go that far. Mm -hmm. But all of their child is not a problem. No, no. But just like how you approach the child, a lot but of people times. would say that their pro their child is this responsibility, you know, primarily, which is a project. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to give you guys a little bit of background here. I don't know exactly when I started believing this, but <clears throat> the basis that I used to use for this argument was the Bible. Because there's a biblical phrase or idea, and I don't care if you believe the Bible or not for this podcast. We're not going to be dependent upon it, and I'm not dependent upon it 
for this belief at all anymore. But I want to just be honest about where this came from, or what I used to, where I used to think it came from at least. But I'll talk about that too. Um, so there's this phrase in the Bible where it says, "Children are a blessing," and it's a really fascinating idea because for how important parenting is, I mean, parenting is just one of those things that every single it's the only activity everyone has in common, right? I mean, we were parented. We had parents. Like, it's the human it's the right. human thing that bonds us is we all come from the same place, and that's a mom and a dad in some way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah. I mean, and with that mom and the dad, there comes this, like, well, you were birthed, you were breastfed, and then you were, like, you know, some other stuff. You were told not to run in the street or hit people or mm-hmm. or maybe your parents were okay with that. I don't know, whatever. But there was this... You know, we all went through it, basically. Yeah. And and what the Bible, for the book it is, like I said, whether or not you agree with it, 66, I think it's 66, uh, it's a, what, I can't even talk right now. It's Times? A, no. Books of the Bible. There's 66 oh, books in the Bible. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's an organization, it's a compilation, that's what it is, of 66 individual writings that were put together. Someone might argue with, you know, the exact number, Luke and Acts or one thing, whatever you want to say. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Around there. <laughs> uh, but how much advice it has for parenting is oddly lacking. If So if parenting is that damn important, which it is because every single person does it, and if living a biblical, godly, Jesus-like, loving life is really so important, which I— If it's your thing. Which I think it could be. Yeah. Why doesn't the Bible say, like, what to do with kids? Like, how to parent. Like, how to make the project turn out. Mm-hmm. For how big it is and how thorough it is about a lot of things, it's weird that it doesn't. And and for me, forming my ideology, the way I made sense of that was one of the reasons why it's lacking this is because children are not a project now recently i'm caught up in this new idea which is not new at all because the second i heard it i was like i think that's right (laughs) and that is and i just heard seth godin say it this week who's the second or third smart guy i've heard say it which is no one actually changes their mind from resources they know what they believe already and they go around looking for validation and resources Mm -hmm. so I, I'm starting to think that I've always believed that this. Goes, that goes with the prejudice thing, too. Like, I mean, that's a negative way of putting it, prejudice. But, like, whatever you believe or you kind of – I mean, it's the same idea. Way to tie it down. Yeah. Um, but so say that again. The resources – you don't actually look – Basically, like, Christians all say the same stuff, right? They say, like – um, when I was a Christian, they were like, okay, I read the Bible and now I believe this. And it's like, no, you didn't. You didn't. Like, you already believe that. Yeah. Like, you already kind of wanted to be a bigoted asshole. Not that that's what all religious people are. And then you use the Bible to validate that. Yeah. But you were already a, you know, religious asshole this before way, the Bible. Yeah. You're just using the Bible to, like, to validate your conclusion that you already arrived to. Yeah. And there's, like, scientific data that backs us up about that people. They kind of believe, like, it's very, very hard to change a belief. Almost impossible. 
like at least through like just someone's written experience. And I, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far into that, but the point is I want, I think I've always kind of known this and seen the world a little bit this way, <laughs> that there was something off with this parenting or children as a project mentality. So when I read the Bible, I was like, Oh, I'm going to use these verses to validate that. But I actually do think it is in the Bible, but okay. Not the point. <laughs> Let's get to what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I'm going to do today is I have this for my journal, September 3rd, 2014. Wow. What is that? Five, Five years, years ago. ago. And we're trying to navigate through these notes. It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. But I think we'll end up somewhere very valuable. <laughs> and um, I just want to ask like five or six questions about this model and compare the two. Okay. okay. So um, let's take these two beliefs. Belief number one is we'll say children are a project and we are therefore the teacher you know they're mm-hmm. like zero one two three four five six seven eight nine all the way to 18 years old perhaps and we have this wisdom and this ability this power to protect them and, and impart our wisdom to them which of course there's truth there right yeah I mean, like when your kid it literally makes... needs to be fed and whatnot yeah, especially the, the younger they are, the, the more that seems pretty obvious. So we're not talking about jobs, but we're talking about a primary way to view them. And I do think we have to choose between a primary and a secondary. So only one of these is going to be the primary. Okay, so that's way number one is okay. the children are a project. The, the second option is children are a gift to us as that are primarily for our benefit. We are the primary beneficiaries. And the first parents. model, yes. In the first model, the children are always viewed as the primary beneficiaries. What I have to give my protection, my knowledge, mm-hmm. my this and that, it, right. the, the information or the, the power flow, the love flow, if you want to call it that, goes from the top down. The other way, it's actually somewhat controversial. Mm-hmm. It's actually like we, we are the ones that are the primary beneficiaries, Okay, and it, which sounds selfish. But I just want to compare these two ways of thinking. But I just want to get them out of the way, number one and number two. So the first way, we're giving more than receiving. Mm -hmm. The second way, we're receiving more than giving. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy to start thinking that because, I mean, just practically speaking, you know, what you can see is... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm giving way more to this kid than they're giving me. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Yep. Yeah. Especially it's those very, first few years. It's a very empowering mindset to feel like, yeah. you know, my job, this little shit needs me. Right. I wipe your ass. I You would die. Literally, you would die without me. I mean, that's a very. And like I said, there are roles that we play, but this is a, this is, goes beyond a role or a job. This is a whole mindset. Yeah. <clears throat> It's like these are the characters we become almost. Okay, so let's ask this question. Sorry, I need to have a sip of coffee. <laughs> if for number one and two, what's the primary job? Okay, 
So this is what I have written down. For the role number one, if you see the, the child as the, you know, you're really the gift as the parent to the, the child and the child is project, your job is to fully equip and prepare, what does that say? Oh, and pour information for the purpose of making the child better. So this is where you hear people say this all the time. They say like, oh, I want my kid to have it better than I did, mm-hmm. to have a better childhood than I did. Which yeah. sounds pretty um, innocuous. I mean, like, that sounds like a really noble, nice thing to say. Yeah. But what I found is with any good work, this can get off the rails. Yeah. I mean, when you're a um, perfectionist like Steve Jobs and you're like, you know, my all, all I ask of you is that we, def- we build the best iPod we can. Or I hear this about Elon Musk now, like the, the latest interview in Wired Magazine. It's like it's coming out like kind of how tyrannical he really is and like asking people to work overtime and just reaming people and yelling at people. And this like making things better to like a perfection standard is not easy. Well, if you do that, there's a cost to it. Like there's there's pros like you get an amazing iPhone or an amazing magazine, an amazing business. But then using those analogies, but then there's cons you know there's a cost to it too and the cost probably is relationships when you have that mindset cammy you're brilliant and the goal what cammy's pointing out i think is that the goal of each of these none of these are black or white good or bad right but we need to look at both and that's when we form our opinion okay so let's look at the job of the second one if you believe your child is a gift What's the job of someone receiving a gift? So this is what I have written down. To appreciate, be thankful, experience joy, wonder, and possibly correction. Like, or at least I'd say education. To yourself. For yourself. Yeah. So if, if, if this thing really is a gift, this new baby or this teenager, mm-hmm. if it's a gift to you, your job as a gift receiver it sounds kind of a weird thing to say like what's <laughs> how do you actually be a good gift receiver yeah is to appreciate it to learn how to appreciate it possibly mm-hmm. to learn how to be thankful to learn how to experience joy some of these things don't always come natural yeah but sometimes it has everything to do with how you see it so yeah. i'm going to pause for one second <clears throat> and just to show you how different these two mindsets are with the exact same experience i'm going to tell a story Of a Christmas gift. Hang on. I need to get my cigar going. I need to talk for a second. Of a Christmas gift. I don't know what you're going to say. Um, I need a grape. Um, <laughs> I'm back. Okay, so let's say... I- I'm only the co-host. <laughs> I need a special guest. Oh, yeah. Special um, guest. With Cammie, um, I really love Cammie. And I know that Cammie likes model cars. Or let's just say she likes cars. Um, she loves classic cars. Love them. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, oh, you know what? Let's make it applicable. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cammy loves cigars. Yes. Now you don't have to take it. Okay, <laughs> no, I don't have to take it now. <laughs> um, so for Christmas, I um, buy Cammy this cigar making kit 
that like comes with the tobacco leaves and it comes with the the cutter hmm. and it comes with the the wood box press set and it comes with the little labels and the little glue and the sugar and i'm like this is gonna be so cool okay, okay so cammy christmas morning mm-hmm. she walks down to the tree and she opens this up after eating her eggnog croissant french toast mm-hmm. which is our tradition and <laughs> and i get my cigar lit again <laughs> and cammy opens this up now if she opens it seeing this as a project cammy will feel instant apprehension dread and anxiety she might think oh shit like i I could i could totally screw these up and these cigars are gonna make a giant mess they're probably not gonna turn out i'm so busy right now now i have to do to these things if i don't do them within three months like ben's gonna think i don't care about them and they're probably not gonna turn out they're not gonna taste as good as the regular cigars that i have i'm probably gonna mess them up and how am i gonna fit these in and if other people see how they turn out, they're not going to think I'm a, she, I'm a good cigar maker. And these are all like totally legitimate thoughts that you can have over any type of thing that you view as a project, right? Yeah. Um, of course, I'm not giving you this as a project. I'm giving you this just to show you how much I love you. So if Cammy was just to receive this as a gift, she would have a completely different set of thoughts. Same, same gift. But she would think, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Ben loves me. I really appreciate this. I'm so thankful for this relationship. And this gesture of our intimacy that Ben knows me and cares about me and went to all this trouble to buy this. Yeah. Same thing. Two completely different responses. Now, of course, I when I give it to her, I want her to have option two response. But, And I think the same thing happens with kids. Same kid. But if you see it as a project, you're like, oh, shit, I got this thing. Okay, I got to keep it safe. Mm-hmm. I got to you know, get it educated. I got to keep it moral. I got to have it turn out better than I did. I got to give it every opportunity I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to like be able to make it look good in front of the neighbors or my parents or everyone else. And in reality, you might have a little bit of both going on. Uh, it's... Like, I, I still believe that one mindset's going to prevail. And in our culture, it seems to be the project mindset. But at the same time, I, I see parents and myself, I can say myself, like I've had, even though when I viewed my kids more as a project, I still got joy from the relationship. But it just was kind of muted or distracted joy or if you can call it that where my primary lens was still their project yes Yes, there were moments of joy moments and moments of thankfulness and this is what i saw in the christian world and why i don't think this is limited to a christian worldview even though i attached it to the bible the christians that i knew viewed their kids far more as a project than anyone else yeah that's, because not only yeah. was it an academic and a safety project but it was far more of a moral project it was like oh shit what if my t- kids turn out gay or mm-hmm. dishonest and i'm not equating those two 
myself Mm-mm. i'm saying the world we were raised up in yeah those were like worst case scenarios yep or what if my kid like turns out to smoke pot or listen to rock and roll or whatever mm-hmm. the bad things are because then you be not only are you a shitty parent you're a shitty christian at that point and then that that's like even worse probably than being a shitty parent in that world so yeah you can have glimpses and and even with the religious people but a lot of people that even see kids as a gift they see it in a very sentimental way like Mm -hmm. oh children are a blessing and that means it's because of how cute they are like when they're babies which i never could really relate to because i don't really think babies are that cute um (laughs) you know i don't know i think most of them are ugly uh I did like looking at my own, but that gets even pretty old after a little while. So it has to be something deeper. I think there has to be a greater purpose to it for me of something to be thankful for. And that's where the educational piece really comes in. Um, For me as a parent, for like me to have my mindset reformed. Mm. And that's where, you know, with what we've been through in the last 17 years of parenting, we see the world so differently. Almost 18 I know. I know. Okay. So we asked what the job is. Let's ask what the results are that you're looking for. Okay. So you have the job. What's the final product? Mm-hmm. So in uh, track number one with Children Our Project, the result is to have a child that re- reflects the receiving of everything that we are giving them, a child who experiences as much, if not more, success at navigating life than we did. So we want to look at the end, and the way we determine if we did a good job Mm -hmm. is basically did they turn out better than me? Yeah, which is doomed to fail, I think. Just because, I mean, it's possible if you to have one kid that, resembles that but that's already is it's a one size fits all mentality in parenting um and it also kind of puts so much pressure that's my god so much pressure on the parent to have this certain result and then it puts so much pressure on the kid eventually the kid I think the older they get, the more pressure they probably feel. Well, and how much at the end of the day can you control? I mean, and this is what, you know, the big struggle with parenting is, is you have the lawyer dad and then you have an artist kid that doesn't share your track at all, or at least your definition of success. Because I don't think there is one definition of success. Yeah. So they feel like a failure because their kid's showing up late, it doesn't succeed at school and flunks out of school. When or maybe isn't that good ch- at sports or yeah when maybe that child is a raging success yeah in a different way but we're not able to see it because we're so fixated on the end goal project of what we thought we were doing hmm. okay let's look at what the desired results would be for track number two if children really are a gift the desired results would be for us as parents to grow in full awareness an appreciation of the gift or blessing if you want to use spiritual language. So I want to fully understand this gift that you gave me. Like, let's take the cigar kit. I want to know why you bought it for me and what's special about it. 
or why you bought it for me. Yeah, and why did you pick this for me? Like, what did you think I would like about it? Yeah. And with a child, I want to I want to understand this thing. I want to understand like why did like what is it really thinking right now at the age of two when it's throwing these temper tantrums, and what can I learn about myself? And mm. like, why do I still love it when it's screaming? And I never think about disowning this thing. I mean, maybe that's not realistic. Maybe you think about disowning, <laughs> but most of the time. You know, you feel you feel sad, and your heart goes out to this thing that's not really doing anything, that's creating any real value in the world in terms of like cap from a capitalistic perspective. You know, it's not pumping out dollars. Right. And I wonder if I'm still loved right now if I'm not pumping out dollars and doing everything I thought was so important. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me see the world from a completely new lens, hmm. from a child's eyes. Which is, by the way, one of the things Jesus was so adamant about adamant about was like yeah. you guys are all acting like adults too much not as a compliment and right. you should see the world like kids do yep and we actually have that chance and we have kids but if you're not fully able to appreciate and be thankful that's okay but keep on trying like that's what success looks like is to fully be able to appreciate this human life that is a gift and not a fuck up mm-hmm. like it's not an accident it I, and i kind of think that every life is a miracle mm-hmm. in a way i don't know what definition i'm using but is beautiful i guess or lovable yeah yeah i mean i was talking to somebody the other day about how what it takes to actually get a person out of the in the womb and out of the womb <laughs> like to oh. actually like survive all of that is actually a miracle i think for someone so let's talk about what failure would look like in either of those two categories if you're if you see your children as a project failure is your children not measuring up to your expectations yeah and which is i think people beat themselves up because they're like oh my expectations are too high but i think if your kids are a project any expectation will be too high because our kids will never measure up to really what we want in terms of like if we view our job as to turn them into something like that's what marriage has taught me like you know i spent the first five or ten years trying to change cammy and when that was our goal like (laughs) it worked out like really your goal poorly yeah it was very frustrating yeah. But the second I turned around and I said, you know, maybe my job is just to accept you and to accept your love and love you unconditionally. And now I have the loyalty of someone that sees the world in a new way that is actually an asset, not a liability. Mm-hmm. Things changed. And with our kids, I think because of the age gap or something, we think we like have some corner on life that they don't. And therefore, and we do in some ways, like I said, there's a truth there. Yeah. Like they don't know about cars and we know about cars. Right. So there's a job. But when that goes too far and now I think my job is to make you turn out the way I have this thing in my head. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's crushing. Yeah. You're, you actually are going to be really disappointed in your kid like you can't you cannot get away from that i think but and here's the thing though it's a son of a bitch because it sounds noble Mm -hmm. 
right? I mean, like, if I'm like, oh, no, you don't understand. I care so much about you. Mm-hmm. I want you to, you know, have all this uh, access to education and a good shot at life. I mean, yeah. it sounds nice, but really we're using them to feel like a good parent, mm-hmm. to feel like, I, I mean, if there's a project, there's a creator of the project, and at the end of the day, we sign our names to the project, and we want to feel good for accomplishing a kick-ass project. Yeah. And have people be like, damn, you did a good job on your science fair project. Mm-hmm. So what's tricky about this is it sounds so noble, but I don't think it is, it, unless it's more accurate. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's look at option two. What does failure look like if if it's a gift, if children are a gift? Mm-hmm. How do you fail at receiving a gift? Well, I wrote a few things. One is you don't feel worthy of the gift and you fixate on that. Like I've gotten gifts for people where they're like, oh, you shouldn't have. And they actually like mean it. They're like, oh, and it, it's it. It sounds nice, but it's also kind of shitty. I'm like, no, dude, I'm your friend. Like, I just want you to take it. They're like, no, 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 take it back, take it back. And I'm like, no, I want you to have it. Like, just like enjoy they it, please. Don't think they're worth worth it. And you're like, no, 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 you're worth it. Yeah. And, and like, and that's where God, you know, if you believe in God and God gives you kids, then then God must think you're worth giving the kid. To you. Well, there. I mean, there's a whole belief here, and this is where people, for some reason, I just think of Seattle, but it's probably universal. They say this thing where they're like, "Oh, um, I'm not good enough to have kids." Whether it's a stage of life, I don't have enough money, or I don't have enough experience, or I I'm a fuck up myself, or I, my life isn't stable enough, or they think there's a sector of society that is so bad that they shouldn't be reproducing, which is really. I think a lot of people would be shocked if you were to actually flesh out people's beliefs. People, I've heard people say a lot they're too selfish, so they shouldn't have They're too have selfish. Kids. Yeah, they're like they're a drain on society. Like, oh, all they do is play video games and do drugs. Like, they they they're not qualified to be parents. Well, so let's just look at that for one second. If qualification is a project, you might be right because they might not be able to pump out kids to your standard, mm-hmm. which. You probably can't do yourself, by the way. Right. But if children are really a gift, the question is who deserves this gift? And maybe if you can stick a penis in a vagina, (laughs) there's actually no qualification. And this is – now I think we are getting into a biblical belief of what the Bible says about God and who deserves love because this is controversial. And this is where I do – like my way of understanding the Bible, this is formed by that. And I haven't found a better answer to this of who deserves love. The Bible says that God loves people unconditionally, not based upon their merit. Yeah. Every other world source that I've found seems to indicate that there's some people that deserve it and some people that don't mm-hmm. based upon how good they are. And their definition of what good is. Yeah, so I don't know where you guys stand on that. But for me, I choose to believe the narrative that says that God, that we all deserve to be on planet Earth, like even Hitler. Mm-hmm. And while he did hurt a bunch of folks, like I'm not better than him, like mm-hmm. in my core. Now, that doesn't make what he did wrong and harmful, but as a person, as a human, 
his primary value, my primary value doesn't come from what I do or don't do. Like just because he did all that stuff didn't demote him as a human. He's still a human. And our primary value comes from being a human, not from killing people or not killing people. Right. So, man, I just feel like there's like (laughs) so much there. Yeah. So, okay, I didn't even, I just read one of the three things in terms of a failure. So not feeling worthy would make you a bad gift receiver. Mm-hmm. It's weird that you can be a bad gift receiver, but I think mm-hmm. you actually can. Um, or if you don't want to be the center, like if you're like, oh, I don't deserve this gift, that's kind of going at the first. Mm-hmm. Um, or here's another one that's a little bit weird, but if you're not willing to face the good or the bad inside of yourself then I think that's a bit of a failure because this particular gift happens to be kind of like a mirror. Yeah. It will show you things that maybe you don't want to know. Yeah. You know, like I could give you the gift of a counseling appointment. I say, hey, I'm, I'm going to pay for a year of therapy for free. It's a gift for you because I care about you and I've gone through therapy and it's helpful for me. But the person can be like, I don't want to go. I hate that. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. In that case, if that's the nature of the gift, which that's what therapy is and does, for it to be successful, you have to be willing to look at yourself. Yeah. I think you would be a bad gift. That would be a failure as a gift receiver for that particular gift. You'd be a bad therapist. How do you say therapist? Yeah. Therapy? <laughs> there. Uh, patient. Patient. Yeah. Be a bad patient. And the very nature of kids is they reveal levels of information. <laughs> you know, we. I mean, the, the quintessential one is our kids are like one kid's bossing around another kid. I'm like why are you doing that? Like, where'd you learn that from? <laughs> of course, always. Yeah. Duh. Who do they learn it from? Our kids are or they're like yelling. They didn't learn it from public. So we they're can't yelling. You're that. like, stop yelling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. wait. <laughs> so if you don't want that type of information. Yeah. So it, it really will challenge that. But I think that's an opportunity. Yeah. Because if you don't want the information, then that's a form of denial. Which is your right to have. Which everyone has. Everyone, everyone has, has a f- some form of denial. But it's yeah. an opportunity to face that denial head on and be like, oh, damn. Yeah. I'm living in denial. Now, going yeah. back to the first thing, and this hints on a little bit about the last podcast we did about the black sheep. It's so much easier at this point to blame the kid because, but that goes back to viewpoint number one where we're like, uh, you're in project. I'm going to fix you so that you don't yell anymore. And if you're unfixable, then you need a label. Then we kick you out and we scapegoat you and turn you into a black sheep. Yeah, so you can see where that goes. But that all stems from the mindset of a child as a project. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So I have all these other categories I've written. Benefits of either one, drawbacks. I also think it's cool, really cool, that you get 18 plus years to figure this owl out in that you don't need to figure this out when you get pregnant or when the baby's born or when the baby's three or when the baby or the kid now is eight or the kid's 17. I mean, I'm finding that every day I have with my kids and some of them are 17 and some of them are three, I get the opportunity to see them to receive them as a gift. Um, it's a very brilliant and complex gift. 
Yeah. That's dynamic. It's, it's always unfolding. changing. It's unfolding every single day. So the the yeah. way that you'll understand it on day one is infinitely different from how you will experience it on year 18. I think it's pretty natural when you're having your first kid to, especially in our culture, to just automatically see this kid as a project. I know that's where we came from. Yeah. I mean, I think it took us multiple kids, multiple years to get to the point where we switched it more to the mindset of blessing. That's why I don't want to tell people what to do with parenting. I just want us to agree on what the hell kids even are to begin with. Because yeah. if they're a project, we, we'll just go down a million rabbit holes of a million people telling, talking about a million different And it different just gets methods. really, really heavy. Like, I feel like the if someone thinks their kid's a project and they're the one that is crafting this project, then whatever advice you give, they put in that bucket and the bucket gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And I don't really like to participate in that heaviness because I know how that feels. So I have written down these benefits of option one. Okay, so there are benefits. If you see children as a project, this is very empowering when it works. So your kid is a straight-A student. Your kid does a start millionaire startup thing or becomes famous in some way or well-known or better off than you turned out. Mm-hmm. This, who can say it's not fun to brag and point and be like that? Everyone, look, that's mine. That came from me, yeah. Of course, you guys hear in my tone of voice. When this doesn't work, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, also, another benefit is it feels powerful to be needed. Because you're like, hey, I need to help you turn out. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I have the stuff, the experience and the money and the power and the size or whatever it is at various times. Mm-hmm. So it feels really good as a parent to be like, you're a little shit and I'm a giant. <laughs> you know, I'm a god almost. Mm-hmm. And I have the power to determine whether or not you turn out. So if I do a good job as a parent, you're going to turn out. If I do a bad job, you won't. So I'm going to bring my A game. Like that whole yeah. game, which a lot of the studies that have come out, like there's this book called um, Selfish Reasons to Have More Kids, and it's written by this uh, economist who did all these twin studies. Yeah. And we've done, I don't know if we've done vlogs about this or not, but basically he talked about like the key ways to measure success like from a sociological perspective like income and uh life expectancy and uh education level and like prison type you know who goes to prison or not Mm -hmm. and you could take kids and separate them that are genetically the same there was no difference like if they were raised in a rich family or a um like uh you know inner city like absent father like all those measurements were virtually identical like within five percentile compared to genetics so the the bottom line is according to science or economics no matter how much you bust your ass trying to be a good parent it has very little net effect like i said that's just a scientific um, or socio, which can feel so disempowering. Yeah, if you're if you view yourself as a like, most people probably won't want to read that book because they want to think they can make a difference. And it, it's not to say you can't. It's just the difference you think you can make is a lot less than you than you think than it is. 
And I, the final benefit I put is it feels powerful to make the world a better place. I mean, who doesn't want that mission in life? Yeah. Now, the problem I have with that is we all know what it's like to be around those people that think they all know exactly what it needs to take to make the world a better place and to be under one of those types of people's direction. And these are the types of people that movies are made about. You know, the mom that needs to have the perfect prom that they're saying is for the child, but it's really for them. And that's where, once again, this sounds like a very nice thing. Like, I'm making the world a better place by forming this child a certain way. But the irony of receiving the child as a gift, even though it is a very selfish endeavor, I think, in my experience, both as a parent and as a human and as a philosopher or spiritualist or whatever you want to call it, I think it will actually make the world a far better place if we can enjoy our children. I mean, another story that we have is with math. Okay, when we were doing homeschooling like mad, you know, we sit there with our kids doing these math lessons and Mm -hmm. the kid does not get it or doesn't want it or doesn't care or isn't doing it the way we thought or wanted. And we just like, you know, there's these meltdowns that occur and basically the kid is getting in the way of what we want for them and when that happens we get all this all sorts of frustrated and that's when we realized i'm not really teaching math for you Mm -hmm. i'm teaching it for me yeah and the more we've been able to say like you know what i just want to appreciate who you are right now Mm -hmm. and i think math is pretty cool also like that will come i'm not saying like get rid of math but if i'm actually able to just appreciate the child and appreciate math i think the kid will learn math Mm mm-hmm but they're not going to get in the way of the math lesson. Like the yeah. math lesson is actually for them. Not They're not here for the math lesson. And ir- ironically, too, kids thrive, I believe, more when they feel loved and accepted. And I think the only way to really for them to feel that is if you believe that they're a, bl- a, a gift to you. Yes, they're far. You're creating an environment where they're actually far more likely to be able to learn and willing to learn and, yeah. and learn way more. And, and there was this Tim Keller quote that I used to really love, and he said, "There's two kinds of religious folks or Christians or something." He said, "There's lovers and there's workers," yeah. and he says, "Lovers always get more work done." Mm-hmm. So Which isn't we, even the point to get more work done. No, but it's a fascinating side effect. But it's yeah, it, it happens. So. I don't know. I thought I had, maybe I didn't finish this, but the benefits for option two, I think, is there's very little pressure. The receipt, the receipt. You can just, receiving. As, as a parent, we can actually focus on the one thing on this planet that we can change that I've learned, which is ourselves. Yeah. And in turn, like I already said, I think that's the best parenting we've ever done is when we're focusing on learning ourselves, mm-hmm. growing ourselves, loving and appreciating our kid. I've seen our kids come alive. And that's one of the fascinating things. People ask us quite often, like in regards to our two most popular videos now are our marathon video, kids running a marathon, and of course the Appalachian Trail video where kids have done this incredible thing. They've hiked 2,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And people ask, how do you get your kid to do that? Well, two things. We enjoyed the process ourselves of running a marathon and hiking 2,000 miles, and we enjoyed our kids. And they just wanted to do it. We didn't. We never forced them. 
Yeah, which doesn't mean we enjoyed every moment, because that definitely uh, is not no. true. But I think we there was this environment um, that or vibe that we were able that we put off of. We're gonna do this together, and if we're not like enjoying this as a whole, like we'll get off this train. But let's just enjoy this together. This hard thing to do. This amazing thing to do. So, um, so I think what you're saying, Ben, is it's not an accident that we were able to do those two things. I mean, not to say like... No, I think those are the direct result. Yeah. And not to say that families need to do those things, but I think if you, yeah, if if you actually see your kids as, as this gift to me, I think you do end up doing amazing things together just because the focus is off of, it's, it's, it's on just, well, I think the right thing, like enjoying each other's presence and company, the relationship, man, this kid is really cool. Like she does this and she's like, and she was made this way and that's amazing. Well, one of, one of our marathon videos, I focused on this theme quite a bit. I think it was one of our earlier ones. And it was this, I'm my personality type and skill set and experience level is such that I could get kids to finish a marathon. Yeah. But they would hate me for it. Mm-hmm. Like you can bribe them. Mm-hmm. You can pressure them. You can manipulate them. You can threaten them. That's easy stuff for me. Mm-hmm. But that breeds kids that hate will hate me mm-hmm. and will hate running. Yeah. So what kind of win is that? That's a failure for me. Mm-hmm. What I would like to, tr- my attempt is how can I do these great things, epic things, whatever we want to call them, things that I think are valuable mm-hmm. and have my kids both appreciate and love me and through hiking or walking or running or math or whatever mm-hmm. the challenge is also. That to me is a whole nother level of challenge. And to me, <clears throat> That's more of the mindset. I think I can accomplish that if I view children as a gift. Because either way, it's a win, and they know it. Hmm. But if they think if they don't finish the marathon, then they're not going to be viewed as good enough or like I'm dealing with my failure as a parent, so they're mm-hmm. going to be part of that failure. Deep down, everyone knows it's a giant circus act. We might not be able to put our finger on it or be that verbal about it. Yeah. But it's all – we're all – you know, kids know what they have to perform to do to be loved. Mm-hmm. They just know. Yeah. You know, so they'll they'll play the game or at least they'll play it in front of you while they're while you're watching. So they'll you know, the ways you can spot this I think is um if it's all about academics or pay, they're going to talk about all the academic successes and financial successes that they have. And mm-hmm. there's a tendency to do this for me even to with my dad to be like, "Hey, uh I made a bunch of money this week." Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie donated $50 to my chair fund. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wrong one. <laughs> Dang it. Sorry. I totally did not mean to do that to you, Jamie. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. But what kind of win is that if we prove, if kids know that they're loved because they're doing exactly what we want? Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's love, but that's just really a limited love. So I don't want to discount that. I just think, there's a better way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't have anything else for these people. I feel like I just poured my heart out. Well, and I. <sighs> I'm just thinking here, you know, as we did the AT, as we did marathons, I mean, we're not perfect at this. Like I, I think they're, I think our mindset has shifted to seeing our kids more as gifts, but we have moments too, where we're pushing them too hard for our own benefit or we know, I don't know. I I just, I I don't want to give the impression that we have it we've we've made it you know yeah um, really good. i mean we we had moments on on the appalachian trail lots of moments where both ben and i were questioning uh this may not be worth the i mean this may risk the relationship maybe we should just stop you know and and we ended up finishing but we we definitely had our doubts you know like oh mm-hmm. our how are and it's it's still hard to know um how our kids our kids aren't grown yet they're not adults they're you know maybe when they're in their 30s we'll we'll figure this you know finally know but it's hard to know how they viewed that how they're taking it like how much did did we really believe that um well i i think what you're saying is that the practicality of playing this out is difficult yeah it's very difficult and we're not saying that we're the benchmark for it at all. All I know is that I used to have a ton of pressure <gasps> that I had on myself to be a certain kind of parent and to have a certain kind of kid. And that pressure has lessened significantly. And all I know is now I can enjoy my kids more. That's it. Well, I would go a step further and say another thing we know based on our observations with our family is our kids are turning out, quote unquote, by the standards that we have, which there's seasons where they don't know as much math as the next person or, you know, aren't going to be as accomplished. Mm -hmm. But when, I mean, just put ourselves in those shoes for a second like how do you learn best when someone's like you know wanting to hit you with a stick if you don't turn out or and i don't mean literally but you know there's gonna be some penalty where you lose everything or someone who cares about you so much that they're just like man this is fun isn't it like Mm -hmm. you know i think of i had two different roles in construction my first time with construction which was with this guy named mitch and Mm -hmm. he was just so much fun to be around he just enjoyed his job and he enjoyed teaching you yeah and i loved i loved going to work i learned how to frame you know and i was a i was a high school like kid i had no business doing some of the stuff and i messed up stuff but we just had like fun and i enjoyed Mm -hmm. work and i liked mitch and i wanted to make him happy and i Mm -hmm. wanted to learn construction and then Mm -hmm. i came back and there i had a new boss named dan and dude dan hated life and he hated me and I hated construction because of it. And I, yeah. I used to, then I like started sleeping on the job. I just like hated everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, it does impact our kids, but not in the ways that we, we have to like change our expectations a little bit, I think. But I think we also might be surprised 
and how we even get the things that we think are good better. Mm-hmm. Like I said, for us, our kids walk 2,000 miles, and we never forced them. Mm-hmm. Well, like Cammie's saying, and I do think this is important, we revert back to the project mindset all the time. Yeah. But the thing that we have, Cammie, is we know what our goal is as a parent, and mm-hmm. that doesn't change, Yeah. which is to view our children as a gift. And when we, let's just call it screw up, when we go back to the other mindset, we have now something we can do. We can apologize. Yeah. We can try to like talk to each other and be like, man, why am I seeing this? We can talk to our therapist and be like, why is this so damn important to me that my kid yeah. you know, does this thing that really isn't that important in the grand scheme of things, but I think is really important. Why are they a project in this way? And we can figure those things out. Yeah. But if we don't have that conversation right now with you guys or with each other and even agree on what the goal of parenting is, I think the worst thing that can happen is we all become obsessed with this conversation of how to make our kids turn out mm-hmm. when that's not even what they're there for at all. Yeah. So the whole thing is guaranteed to be a failure predominantly. We'll have the, like we'll have our experiences of joy, but those will always be the exception. Mm-hmm. Um, when that could be the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something and then I lost it. Did I interrupt you? No. Nope. I am so passionate about this, you guys, if you can't tell. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the reasons why we've been able to have so many kids um, is because of this viewpoint. I think a lot of people limit the number of children they have because how many projects can you really take on? Mm-hmm. You know, one, two, three, four. Then you're overwhelmed, and you're like, "Can I really make these projects turn out?" And I got, I got my. That reminds me. Oh, go ahead. You, oh, you, you found you your can, idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just say, if it's not based on your qualifications, I, I do think there are projects that we take on as parents, but that can be the outlier instead of the main thing. Hmm. I think it's a huge huge step to just realize it when you're viewing your kid as a project i think that kind of awareness is huge and i i want people to really hear that because you know we're not 100 percent perfect in how we view our kids like we said we revert back but i i think it's huge when we recognize oh i'm pushing this kid why am i pushing this kid oh it's because i have this fear of they need to do blank and they need to turn out like this and oh okay and you don't need to beat yourself up about it but just that kind of awareness actually produces i think change being able to give yourself space then at that point to say oh i'm viewing them as a project i want to view them as something different i want to view them as a gift i i get to enjoy and do you know why i think people view their kids as a project makes them feel oh because they feel like they're a project yeah yeah oh you nailed that we didn't script this no i think we view ourselves 
and were viewed by others as a project. So if you are a good person or if you make a certain amount of money, then you're going to get the approval of mom and dad or the pastor or the boss or whoever. Yeah. And I just want to say to you guys, this is a very natural, if you were viewed as a project, it's very, very natural and normal Mm -hmm. to see those around you, yourself and your children as projects. Yeah. And to me, this is actually what the good news or the gospel using religious words or like increased awareness is about is for me to say to myself and to you guys, I don't think humans are projects. I don't think you were ever designed Mm -hmm. to see that way. I think God loves you, loves me as much as they ever could right now. The way Mm -hmm. I am in my incompleteness and in my current state, not for what I was supposed to become or could have become or have become. Mm And when you're able to accept yourself this way, I think you're able to accept your kids this way. So the encouragement is if you're like, oh, shit, I don't view the world this way and I've fucked everything up. You don't make it right by beating yourself up more. You Mm -hmm. make it right by just accepting yourself more and being like, damn, that actually makes sense the way I did it. But I want to see it differently and more whole. Yeah. Yeah, I think just every person's fucking existence is fucking amazing. Just how they are is good enough. Fuck. That's what I believe. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. I was going to bring up this comment, but I'm not going to because I feel like we're at a really high point right now. We were going to listen to phone calls, so really, we've we've used up our time with mm-hmm. you guys. And I feel really good about this. Um, peace to you guys that are contemplating this message. This is, this is as big a stuff as we got. <laughs> so if you're even open to this, kudos to you. Yeah. You have my respect for even thinking about it. And even if you don't have my respect... Fuck it. Who cares? Um, you're still a gift. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need my respect. Your existence is amazing. So it's true. It's re- it really is yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And I I really hope that you guys can consider this. And I I know we've shared this with enough people that when they enough people hear this and they say that's a game changer. Yeah. It's the biggest game changer. And this is a book we want to write but it's number book number four. <laughs> we haven't written book number one yet. So um, so right now it's just all talk, literally. So please talk. don't steal it. Uh, actually, please do. I would love to you hear can, this. You can steal it. I would love to hear more of this talk in the world yeah. because the more people that start to see themselves and their children as gifts. It's not even ours. It's it's a free, yeah. free gift. Yep. All right. Well, guys, Thank you for listening. You can, of course, find this podcast all over wherever podcasts are available. And there's the video version on YouTube. Thank you guys for the chair contributions. My ass does hurt, but we're saving up for the chairs. (laughs) Um, And the phone number, if you would like to leave a voice message. Oh, yeah. Please um, 
we're gonna prioritize voice messages over text messages. So I am getting some good text messages, but it's far, far more interesting for you guys to hear each other's voices because you hear our voices plenty. The phone number that you can call to leave those voice messages is 206-651-5744. Um, that is in the show notes. And I'm going to put another video. We recorded a whole video vlog on this topic about a year ago. I'm going to leave that in the show notes as well, although you might find it redundant. And I actually think this one is better. <laughs> so forget about that. But it's there for you overachievers. <laughs> a little project for you. All right. Oh, project. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I use that on purpose. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time.